0: Hey everyone, this is Phil and Lola of the Capes and Lunatics podcast.
1: You're listening to Into the Night,
0: the, the Moon Night podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 223, and if you do look up into the night sky, it is a last quarter moon, so this episode, it is an over-the-moon arc review, and we are looking at Moon Knight, Volume 1, Issues 29-30, to Morningstar, Slash the Moon 36s and a Beast. And I am joined by returning co-host Daniel Doing, creator of Fringe Night. Daniel, welcome back.
1: Oh, it's always good to be back in the house of Concho.
0: <laughs> yes, always fun to have you back as well. Can't wait to get through this one. Um it is uh it involves your friend and mine, old Jack Russell. So uh this should be really cool to to listen to. And um as well, it's, it's off the back of our idle chat earlier in the week where we had a look at Werewolf by Night and his travails through Marvel and potentially through the MCU. But before any of that, my fair loonies of course a big thank you to our sponsors our gracious patrunies, listed as co-producers and executive producers on each and every episode uh thank you so much you guys uh i mean a lot and you contribute a lot and it's it's really you know the show couldn't be done without you guys so a big thanks to the likes of returning co-host daniel who is our top tier patroonie um, along with Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Russell, and Anthony, all of your contributions are I uh, just uh just gold. so thank you so much uh thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh added to that as well Daniel Joings Fringe Night an original indie comic based on Erie Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero Daniel Daniel's uh kicking it we're looking if you have video access if you are Petrini, you're looking at the creator of Fringe Night there uh, a couple of shout outs towards the end of the show uh to help support Fringe Night as well. Uh finally our two custodian sponsors, Hello Headphones, Empowering Gamers to Play at Their Best, and Dreamland Comics from Illinois, the Superhero Superstore. So, Daniel, uh, we are back here. We are going to get right into it. It is an ARC review. Um, a short one, only two issues, but um, but worth worth really digging deep into. Um, so, sorry, what was that, Daniel? An
1: important two issues.
0: It is an important two issues as well. We we actually get to it's it's almost like a redress of of uh the origins, like the absolute beginnings of Moon Knight. So that's um that's pretty cool. Um As mentioned, issues twenty nine to thirty released March nineteen eighty three, uh, and we have writer Doug Mensch. Penciler inks Built in Kevich The Classic Team Colorist Chrissy Skeel Letterers Now These range From Joe Rosen Michael Higgins And Rick Parker And editor Denny O'Neill It's available On Floppy Still uh, Digital Marvel Unlimited I'm reading It from A Trade The Epic Collection Volume 3 The Final Hunt Um, But also Daniel uh, I think Off Air You mentioned uh, You showed uh, That it's also Available on The Essential Collection uh, which is no longer in print, but it's a nice newsprint stock, uh, black and white. Um, I take it that's where you're reading it from? Oh, yes. Excellent. And
1: plus I have issues as well.
0: Yes. Sorry, you have the issues as well? Yep. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah me too as well. I just, I'm just too lazy to take them out of the long boxes, so <laughs> <laughs> it's always the case, you know. Um, and so, Loonies, in case you don't know or haven't listened before, what we'll do after the credits, which you've just heard, Daniel and I will go through a bare bones. It's a synopsis. So, in case, you know, just get, get you reacquainted with the story, uh, and we'll run through the two issues, not really at length. That's when Daniel and I come in afterwards. Uh, we'll, we'll go through our initial impressions, uh, but then go through some notes and we'll cap it off with a moon rating. So, Daniel, I shall give you, the, uh, the pleasure of choosing which moon rating system you'd like to draw from tonight, the vanilla or the conishus shoes? Um, I'm going to go
1: with the
0: conishus shoes. Excellent. He, let's face it. He's the more fun rating system. So, <laughs> Excellent. So Daniel's going for that. I'll go for the vanilla rating just for point of difference. Now, um, we have a, a bare bones here, the synopsis. It's a little lengthy. I have edited, edited it from Comic Vine. But if you would be so kind, Daniel, to read uh, the first half, let's uh, let the loonies know what this whole thing is all about.
1: Certainly. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> yeah. Jack Russell flees from three black-robed and hooded figures and seeks refuge in a boxcar as the full moon rises. The three wrench the car, and the werewolf snatches and kills one of them as the train begins to roll. In Los Angeles, Shlile Belial, I know I'm butchering that, (laughs) who calls himself Morningstar, holds a satanic mass. While we once again can't produce a beast from hell, he has four months promised his flock, they begin to file out in disgust. Later, he receives a call from his agents that Russell is headed for New York City. A month later, in New York, Jake Lockley enters Gina's diner and receives the message that Detective Flint wants a meeting with Moon Knight. Atop the precinct roof, Flint passes a letter to Moon Knight from Russell requesting a meeting at a secluded house in New Jersey before dusk. Moon Knight arrives after moonrise, but just as Moon Knight reaches to secure the door to a room where Jack is contained, the werewolf erupts through the door. Moon Knight gives chase, but is hit in the head with a log and knocked out. The night passes, and in the morning, Moon Knight finds that again human Jack Russell, whom he transports to his mansion. Moon Knight surmises that Satanic Cult may have implanted a tracer in Russell's body, and so call in a favor from a Dr. Lawson, who indeed confirms a tracer chip in Jack's scalp. Jack is strapped down as Dusk approaches, but when he transforms, the werewolf snaps his bonds and threatens Moon Knight and Marlene. The werewolf attacks Moon Knight, and the battle carries from Grant Mansion to the city. Sometime later, Moon Knight catches up with him on a rooftop, and the man-beast lunges at Moon Knight, their momentum carrying them over the edge and onto the alleyway below.
0: Both are captured by Shiloh Belial and his fellow Satanists. Belial, calling himself Morningstar, holds a gathering where he prepares to display his long-promised beast from Hell. Russell and Moon Knight are chained up on the dais behind him, but many of the cultists present still, uh, but many of the cultists present still doubt him. Belial orders two of his lackeys to move the prisoners into a cage until sunset. But Moon Knight comes to, knocks out the pair, and contacts Frenchy over his cowl microphone. Soon he and Russell are aboard and heading for Grant Mansion. Belial's men soon follow, homing on the signal from the chip still implanted under Russell's scalp. At the mansion, Dr. Lawson removes the chip and Stephen Grant places it in a cabinet in his billiard room. The cultists break into the mansion and following the signal reach the billiard room where Moon Knight ambushes them as Marlene drives to a prearranged rendezvous at Jenna's diner. Marlene then hypnotises Jack to augment his control over the beast and to place the suggestion that he is not to harm Moon Knight dusk falls and moon knight disguised as a cultist delivers russell who is placed upon an altar on the rooftop as belial readies to make the sacrifice moon knight uses one of the cult's stun weapons to shoot the knife out of belial's hand the werewolf then breaks free and dives into the satanists working as a team moon knight and the werewolf overwhelm the cultists and the lycanthrope hurls belial off the building to his death they make quick work of the rest as Frenchy arrives in the helicopter, Moon Knight allows the werewolf to run off. So there you go, a Loonies. Uh, a little bit of a lengthy one there, but it really does I think capture those two issues and what what this thing is all about. Um, a very interesting way to reintroduce Jack Russell, uh, Daniel. What were your initial impressions overall for this for this arc as a whole?
1: It it really had that sort of Greek tragedy feel to it. Like no matter what, like, you know, Russell was going to end up going back on the run. He wasn't going to end up like living with, you know, Stephen at Grant Mansion and like wearing a little yellow cape with green pixie boots as his sidekick or anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cheeky, (laughs) cheeky.
1: Oh, I know. (laughs) It it had this real beautiful feel to it, like it almost reminded me of like the old '70s horror movies, like um, like uh, The Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby. You know, just like that feeling that like all your neighbors are part of like this satanic cult and they're pursuing this you know poor kid who's like by like just you know t- comic book timeline wise. Russell's probably in like his early twenties when all this is going down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you've just got this poor kid who has like a, tr- like, and again this is like an eighties tracer chip. So it's probably like the size of like a bottle cap, and it's like under his scalp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Oh man, why is it so yeah. itchy? <laughs> I, never knew this I had this weird bump on <laughs> my head?" Yeah, a- it is it's like that. Uh, it's like that scene from Dark Knight where you see the guy like Joker like opened him up and stuck like a phone and a bunch of C4 in his oh stomach God, and like you yeah. see the phone right up.
0: That's terrible. That's
1: all I could think of
0: like that tracer <laughs> Did you see like this little like <laughs> <laughs> like oh little antenna sticking out of his head. <laughs> what is this thing? Doing. Man. <laughs> um yeah. Oh, look, I think, I think the cover really does, uh, sell, sell this, uh, the issue and, and both issues actually, yeah, as a whole, I think the art really does it as well. Like, you're talking about giving that whole vibe. Um, Sienkiewicz's, uh, almost realist. Uh, portrayals of some of the, the, the close-ups of the heads of, of Belial or the Morning Star, uh, and of Jack Russell as well. Uh, it just adds to that kind of, uh, as you said, like 70s kind of horror vibe. Uh, I've got a shout out as well. Christy Scheele, the colorist, um, really good in keeping this, like, really dark and moody. Like, she uses a lot of reds, a lot of hues of, like, pinks as well. Um, so again, we're, we're given this tone and it fits really well with, um, with Mencher's style of writing, who by this stage is really kind of um, nutting down his style, uh, which is that very kind of lyrical way. Um, yeah, so I don't. Know, uh, let's let's go into. Oh, I mean, anything else with the, with the art there, Daniel?
1: Um, I found it very interesting.
0: It's funny you mentioned like the artwork and like
1: like the heads and everything. Mm-hmm. I found it a little funny first because when I first look at the werewolf, he, he almost looks a little bit more like a fox. Just yeah, he with, does like, does he? The long fur mm-hmm. on the cheeks and everything, like the long like you really never see the whiskers on like on a werewolf. I give I give Sienkiewicz a lot of credit. Like he was meticulous with that, just mm-hmm. like the little whiskers, the, the little curl in the snarl. Fantastic! I cannot believe he got this book done like by month.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and somebody
1: who is a comic book. Let me tell you, yeah, trying to get it done like in a month, dude, you've got to literally just like, especially back in the eighties, you're sitting at a table with a little light on you, just like fifteen cups of coffee around you with like a giant yeah. ashtray full of cigarette butts, and you're just like smoking. Yeah,
0: <sighs> he he's penciling he's penciling and inking them as well, so. Um, it's you know massive. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Fantastic. And then he was from doing that to like doing Daredevil, just
0: mm. man,
1: I get that guy's a machine. Yeah. Like nowadays it's a little bit easier, but still it's insane doing a monthly book. Yeah. Even with computers. You're doing a monthly book back then with no computers. I know. <laughs>
0: you <laughs> just got to put the table with Pencils. Manch Men- has got it like a typewriter, probably at best, you know, as well. So imagine not writing oh, yeah. A- yeah, that's crazy. I mean, go- going back to the, uh, the look of Werewolf by Night, you're right. It's so different. I wonder if, if, uh, the appearance of Werewolf by Night had changed in his title, title series, because this, at least from the Moon Knight point of view, is the first time we see him in his full bestial form. Uh, the only other time before prior was in 3233 where he, he had that kind of, um, Universal Studios Wolfman kind of look. So he's full on beast here. And we see it later on in the Houston run, uh, issue 20, where he's full beast mode. He's actually massive. He, he's almost like eight, nine feet tall from, I recall from the, the yeah. Houston run. Um, but yeah, uh, Sienkiewicz does, yeah, draw him very at first. Yeah, very fox-like. I, th- I feel as the both issues went along and towards the end, there's that scene where he's chasing that deer and then he kind of walks back through the sw- kind of swamps or something. He looks really a bit more like a, a werewolf there. Um, and certainly at the end when they team up, there's a beautiful splash page where they're almost back-to-back, like Moon Knight bump in- bumps into the werewolf. And uh, he has this hypnotic kind of hold on him, thanks to Marlene, and we'll get to that soon um but um i like uh, so a couple of really good splash shots um splash pages here uh, now for those preview to the videos see shots like that see of um belial uh, it, it to me it harkens really to like uh to cult leaders and like the occult um yeah, so I, rats, like, like yeah getting like,
1: like getting the undercover photos of like at these cult meetings yes. and they're like just sitting there with their camera. Yeah, because like if they're caught, man. Yeah, you were never seeing that photographer again.
0: Yeah, it, it exactly, and and again, I think the art really sells this idea of this satanic cult. Um, I've got in my notes here as well, Daniel. Um, and I'm not sure. Like, it'd be interesting, like being an Aussie and and speaking to an American as well, because uh, I, I watched some Netflix shows on uh on the Son of Sam, and that and that led into like there was apparently something called the satanic panic it was around the 80s um where the satanic cults were popping up in north america and and i think the media really played on that um i I believe this is kind of playing off because this is this was in 1983 so i would imagine around this time the media was talking a lot about satanic cults um and and we know later on the son of sam was uh, terrible serial killer, but he was linked to uh, a satanic cult himself. Um, yeah, what are your, like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess what I'm asking you is, like, is this something that you you were made well aware of when you were growing up as well, like this little period in, in American media history?
1: Well, see, I, I, I was born in 89. So mm-hmm. uh, by the you know by the time I was getting old enough, it was in the 90s, that a lot of that had died down because a yeah. lot of it, like satanic panic, it was a lot of parents groups that were going after like D and D players. Yeah, and like, oh, you know, I'd say about for every like ten satanic cults that like popped up, it was only like one, maybe two that were like dead serious. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna like sacrifice someone on an altar. The re- the rest of them were just kind of doing it for publicity, you know, like um. You know, trying to, like, they were, like, failed rock stars, so they are just Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, man, no, no, and Satan's going to make my music awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um...
1: Um, You know, like, and Son of Sam, like, even Son of Sam, even, you know, he talked about how, um, you know, the the devil was possessing his neighbor's dog and talking to him. Like, later in prison, he full-on admitted, like, oh, yeah, I made all that up. You
0: know, I just, I wanted to
1: get... Happened. And sad, lonely guy going around shooting people for no reason doesn't really get headlines, so I had to throw the satanic right. angle in there.
0: Right, Well, I had a little a bit of research, and I know, yeah, I mean, so the Sun of Sam was around circa around 76, so a bit earlier before this wave, apparently, this wave of interest from the media about the, the, the um, satanic cults um, arose. Because uh, the documentary I saw, which was Sun of Sam, they, I mean, they had – um, talk shows and stuff and people were interviewing like, it, it seemed like such a fascination for these satanic cults around the 80s um, that were popping up so uh, anyway I think this very much plays to that and I think Mensch uh, and Sienkiewicz really work work well with it uh, if we're to look at it Belial the Morning Star like deep down it's just him it's it's his thirst for power really I mean he's promised them this beast from hell and he's promised it for months, and he's losing followers, and we see that. like they, Some of them start walking out. There's also a doubting Thomas towards the end. Um, so that's what's really driving him to get Werewolf by night. Uh, I think he believes... There's
1: always that I knew it was a bunch of crap,
0: man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's always, always the naysayers. Um, but I actually also think towards the end, right, doesn't he hope that the blood of the werewolf will somehow make him powerful as as a werewolf i think there's that talk of um they're saying that it's all in the uh, blood so
1: like his whole plot was to basically show his followers that you know jack russell was real werewolf and then he was going to start taking blood from him and turning his followers into werewolves
0: Mm. uh,
1: sort of a cursor to moon knight number 25
0: yeah from the who's? yes yeah i mean it's all it's such a weird plan, though. I, I, don't, I don't know he's actually thought it all the way through. Um, but thankfully, he never he never got to that stage. Um,
1: that's the thing I love with what Doug mentions. Like, he was showing, like, you know, that he was an opportunist. That's yeah. all these cultings were. Yeah. They were sad, fat car salesmen who were basically selling Satanism.
0: Mm-hmm. That,
1: that's what they were selling. They couldn't sell a Cadillac, so they thought they'd sell Satan.
0: exactly um yeah and and added to the fact as well they've got these really funky three-pronged stun guns which never really explained where they got that tech from uh maybe maybe aim or something you you don't know but um um, yeah I, i think they could have done away with it seemed a bit unnecessary to have that um maybe just i don't know if they had like um what do you call them uh Tasers. If they just had tasers, I mean, that would have been, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
1: it's, like tasers weren't really developed until like 1985.
0: Oh right. Okay. So okay. So they were to come. So
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, these are probably the pro- <laughs> They things of the future. One day. When-
1: stand there saying, "Don't chase me, bro."
0: <laughs> yeah, well, um, maybe maybe these three pronged stun guns were prototypes. I, I don't know, um, but also as well, let me just um, we, I mean, let's talk about the um, the support cast and so that actually everyone seems to get a feature here, which is cool. We see in full force, uh, Marlene, Frenchie, uh, Gina, Jenna. Uh, as well as Crawley, so they all have a bit part here, and, and this is one of the things I love about this classic run is that you do get his network. Um, so, and, and Detective Flint as well even makes an appearance to actually pass on the letter. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Did you think they were, were done well? Were they portray? I mean, they surely would. I it's think match. that was
1: done very, very well. I I liked how I liked how every like it was like a progression. It wasn't just everybody showed up all at once.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: like some big splash page like oh by the way i'm here <laughs> it was a progression it was you know it was flint to marlene to frenchie yeah. to gina and the diner i love that like gina's diner is kind of like the fallback bat cave in a sense
0: yeah yeah you know, it's
1: the fallback safe house
0: yeah i, I love that i love i, the... I wouldn't mind seeing, sorry
1: i wouldn't mind seeing like just like uh you know, Jake Lockley comes in. He's like all busted up, and Gina's like, "Oh, I was just about to close up. You know, what are we gonna do?" There's yeah. guys are after. It's like, "Oh, we'll just go down here." he's like just hits like a secret button, and this panel <laughs> opens up. Before like, the help this show up? He's like, "Oh, I had this put in over the weekend. Oh, you did. <laughs> oh, when were you gonna tell me?" He's like, oh, I'm talking about it now. And like, they go down. It's like a giant warehouse full of like <laughs> Moon Knight stuff, and like. Yeah. I'm- one little sad corner there's like a crate full of like beans and coffee grounds and
0: stuff (laughs) that'll be pretty cool it's
1: like see i got you stock
0: yeah 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 i i I just thought it was actually funny funny like you mentioned that you've expanded on that idea but i found it funny how in this story um they all rendezvous back at gina's diner and she kind of locks the glass door and turns the close sign gets right now the fort's secured (laughs) i'm thinking like uh, anything can can carve its way through here (laughs) yeah exactly but I like it it's kind of funny because it's you know she's normal um, and uh, I guess they never expect for for the Moon Knight contingent to go to Jenna's diner uh, and all she needs to do is put the clothes sign up and and that's it they're safe Um, what do you think of this is the biggest thing I thought was quite I don't know funny maybe Marlene should bring this back as well her hypnotizing powers (laughs)
1: yeah it was literally the equivalent, like, hold on, I'm going to Google how to hypnotize real quick, and then I'm going to try this.
0: Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> that's literally what she did. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, hold on, I'm reading this newspaper article from the National Enquirer on how to hypnotize.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like it how she um, or, or Slash Mensch uh, made it so the pearl, which was Jenna, it was on the end of the, the, the chain, Uh, Marlene made that into symbolic of of the moon and saying, you know, follow the moon and and then you can't kill Moon Knight because he's the moon and you need the moon to be the werewolf. Um, So I like that kind of reasoning. Uh, And we see later on it it actually works. Like Moon Knight is actually able to even command the werewolf to to grab hold of the rope ladder, which was quite impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, after all this time, you would think some of Jack would kind of like seep through into the the werewolf part of the brain. Yes. And it's just enough for like, oh, shiny guy friend, me grab ladder. Yeah, Yeah, exactly,
0: (laughs) exactly. Um, Yeah, Flint, as you mentioned at the beginning, I think think that was good. I mean, we didn't really need to see any more of it, although – Oh, actually, you wouldn't need to see any more because all of this was kind of covert. So these satanic cults, um, they weren't doing anything outwardly criminal, so to speak. You know, they were just gathering together. So there was no real need to have Detective Flint there. Uh, he seems by all intents, uh, n- not aware at all of this, uh, this satanic cult. All he's there to do was to give that note that Jack Russell gave, uh, gave him. Um, Crawley, um, again, just, just, very over articulate. Uh, I don't think he had that much of a role, did he? Um, no, he didn't. No,
1: he, he was everybody else being astonished that Marlene was making this guy turn into a werewolf in the middle of the day. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Oh, that's right. That was a cool scene as well. Like, um, and Marlene was kind of subconsciously um, influencing Jack to to turn into a werewolf and then just bring it back. Which I found really cool. So she had she had a bit of control over over the beast. Um, I I enjoyed the plan. I guess as simple as it was, the plan that they had when the cultists uh, were invading Grant Mansion, so to speak. So um, putting the tracer chip in the billiard room. Marlene is already in the taxi, like with Jack, ready to go. So I guess that was it. It was just to draw the cultists in. Moon Knight would would stall them, and Marlene and stuff would would go. Um, which, yeah, which worked out perfectly well. It's good to see that Marlene uh, as a team member rather than someone that's just on the bed. You, you know what I mean?
1: It's um, yeah. like, oh, Steven, come back to bed. Like, <laughs> either she was being scantily clad waiting for Steven to come home or she's like, oh, well, I'm going on this mission with you. I don't care what you say. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm literally getting shot at. Why do you want to go with me? Yeah. Oh, because I said so. <laughs> so that was literally the two of marlene through most of the doug mensch run
0: yeah either
1: <laughs> oh I'm gonna be super helpful no matter what steven tells me yep because i'm always right or oh i'm going to be a pinup model waiting for him to come home
0: yeah Which, uh, tying it back to actually the most recent run by Jed McKay, this is something that we talked about, uh, talked about with Rebecca, which was interesting, because you don't see these support casts, uh, in the, in the series so far, in issue one. We get introduced to Reese the Vampire, and, and, it could be potentially telling this statement where where Mark or Mister Knight says to Reese, "You're the only person that doesn't try to fix me." So does that insinuate that he's, his? I mean, we we might see later on the likes of Marlene and Frenchie were trying to fix Mark, and he got the shits with them. Um, you, you know, so he seems to have a comfort with with Reese. Yeah, he yeah he, he yeah he has. I mean, look at the Houston run. Like,
1: I say, like you know. You had two people who were deeply in love with Mark on one level or another, and they're just – they're in that, oh, I can help pull you back from the precipice mode, Mm. not realizing that. I hate to tell you this, Marlene and Frenchie. I already – I've been in the precipice. I was a bad man. I killed people for money, Mm. and it took me dying and having an ancient deity being, oh, hey – you look like a piece of crap who needs redemption Why well, <laughs> don't you go work with me Yeah
0: exactly So
1: he's at the bottom of the pit And he's making do with what he has
0: Yeah Yeah yeah. that's true I yeah, mean yeah. Sorry
1: That you mentioned that Because you remember the one panel Where you see Moon Knight flying through He's like on doing like the check with Reese He's like oh Reese check." Mm. That's what he would do with, with Frenchie Yeah He'd exactly
0: Yep, I thought that as well. Like, because it's always Frenchy in the cowl, you know. Um, uh, but yeah, in this case, it's Reese. So really, um, he's really marking his line in the sand there, Jed, uh, straight away by saying, "Look, we're, we're going to go with something new, something different." But yeah, it also works. Um, bringing it back, I guess, to to th- this arc as well. Um, I think it was, it was pretty cool. Some of the, uh, the Moon Knight fights with Werewolf by Night, again, we're talking about a normal man just taking on this wolf who, albeit, you know, isn't like the Hulk, as I mentioned, I think in the previous episode, isn't like that super powered, but he's, he's strong. He's got sharp claws, you know, um, he's pretty lethal. So Moon Knight taking him on is pretty cool. Um, the fact I think one of Moon Knight's biggest enemies uh, are rooftops as, as well, um, <laughs> with with Black I'm Spectre, so <laughs> because he falls off it with um, yeah. with Wolf. First
1: werewolf Knight and then Bushman. Yeah, 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 Bushman. Just <laughs> <so sad.
0: laughs> yeah. yeah. exactly. stay on the ground, Moon Knight. Don't don't go up there anymore. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, no, I think I think the fights were. I think the fight scenes were really good as well. In particular, the last ones with the. Basically, just the cannon fodder of, of the um, the cultists. Uh, so it was just fun to see Moon Knight. It was
1: very well-crafted and very well-drawn-out. Yeah. It, it really gave me that sense of, like, everybody's just like, oh, crap, there's a werewolf. Run for your life
0: mm, Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm going to fight him. Whoosh. <laughs>
0: Damn. And- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so just looking through. Yeah, I mean, the panels are great as well. Uh, typical of Sienkiewicz. I mean, we've mentioned this, I guess, a few times with the Classic Run comics, the way he lays out uh, a lot of action. Uh, it's not your stock standard panels. Uh, he starts introducing angles just to give that dynamics, which a lot of artists do. So um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, speaking of art as well, I love The Last Page. Uh, Again, a shout out to Christy Skeel. It's almost, uh, I don't know, I don't know what you call that art movement, expressionistic, impressionistic, but just with the um, the lights bouncing off the puddles. Sorry? One of the istics. One of the istics. (laughs) Uh, Definitely istic. Uh, So... um, that was cool. There's also, also a fair bit of violence. That's what I wanted to mention in this. Uh, we see the train guard or train officer. He, we later see his body slumped with a pool of blood from the, uh, the cult at the beginning. Uh, Moon Knight gets shot in the leg. Um, you, you know, it, it's clear that it must have been a flesh wound or something, but, uh, he, he definitely gets shot. And Belial, the morning star, the, the star plummets to the ground to his death. Um, so death is no stranger in this, uh, in this couple of issues. Um, I wouldn't say going as far as, as max level, but it's, it's still pretty dark. For that time, it, that's what,
1: that, that was their max level because, you mm. know, this was back at the time when they really started just selling Moon Knight just in the comic shops. He wasn't on the newsstands or anything like you had to go find like actual comic shops to get like copies of Moon Knight. It's mm. like, Oh, this is a comic. This yeah. has blood and stirring in it. Like it, it like it always surprised me there hasn't been like a Moon Knight Max series because hmm. really Moon was the Max series in a sense. Like he kind of paved that way because, you know, hmm. like you said, you know, he had like the dead, you know, train guard. You like, you know, goons didn't just like threaten, like, yeah, you didn't see us saying, yeah, hmm. we'll come back later. Yeah. No, they're like, Oh, there's a witness. <sighs> Now there's not a witness.
0: Yeah. Well, it's still with the inimitable mensch uh dialogue. I remember with the guard he's going the cultists go, uh, you know, you feel sleepy, well get ready for the longest sleep ever. You know, it's, it's a little bit corny in that sense. But when I read that I was going, Oh they they really mean to kill him and then you see you see him like dead. It's like, Oh, okay, it's a bit it's a bit full on. Um But I guess they're they're Satan worshippers, uh, so you know, you've got to they
1: don't know going to hell. They don't
0: care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean they're one of those ones, those automatic um automatic um factions that you know, you just hate. You know, it's kinda of like Indiana Jones with Nazis. I hate these guys. <laughs> you know, so um Yeah. Um there's actually another one, again, apologies uh for the podcast, but video people with video Oh oh nice, nice the uh you got the Lego. Yeah yeah, a so-
1: little minifig.
0: Oh, that's good! Co- oh, oh, you've got oh, is that the um, is that the minifig? I've got the minifig as well, but I haven't taken it out of the box. But... Oh yeah, the... well this
1: one I found at the garage sale, so I didn't ah. I didn't have with that. Game.
0: That looks like an older <laughs> version as well, so that's cool. You got another version of Moon Knight.
1: Yeah, this one he's actually got like
0: the little spike knuckles. Yes, the cestus, love it. Um, but i was just going to show you the art. Another nice bit of artwork you see it a lot is that bit of Moon Knight in the rain. Um, rain, be, I love that. Yeah, it starts to rain. It's I mean,
1: it reminds me of the cover for the new issue one. I wonder yes. if that was kind of like a big uh, like homage for them. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this old run of Moon Knight with him like with the rain in front of him. Well, That'd make a great cover.
0: It could be. It could be um, taking it back the 2006 Houston run because McNiven did something similar with the heavy rain in the with the Houston run. I reckon he probably lifted that from potentially from from this run uh and again that's been influenced it's, it's a knock knock on effect i think probably and, and mcniven again's gone. No, i'm gonna i'm gonna do it again <laughs> so um worked really well sinkevich he doesn't overplay it like there are some and as as great a legend as he is jr he tends to overuse the it's raining effect um i've seen it a lot i've seen it in uh, Superman comics of his, I've seen it in Daredevil comics of his, I've seen, you yeah, know, so he does it, Spider-Man comics, he does it a lot um, but Sinkevich's one is really good because you don't see it that often um, which I, I really enjoy um, Any other, I don't know any other thoughts on this arc, uh, Daniel?
1: Um, just, I'm, you know, again, it was one of those like, you know beautifully tragic stories, you know because again, like at the end, you know, the werewolf just kind of stands there, he's like, oh, okay see ya, and, like, scampers off into the night rain. Mm. It, it's really corny sounding, saying it out loud, but, like, honestly, that whole ending, like, in my head, like, do you ever see the, the anime Cowboy Bebop?
0: No. No, is it?
1: Um, the, Well, there's a song they play because it's a very, like, kind of noir-heavy anime. They play this song at the end of it called The Real Folk Blues. Mm-hmm. That just played in my head when I'm, like, seeing this scene. Like unfold like in the comic because it's very reminiscent of that because you know like the end credits from like cowboy bebop it's like like just like shots of empty alleyways with rain coming down ah, just... right. it was very reminiscent to me and i'm just like wait a minute why am i thinking that <laughs> anime get inspiration from moon Knight? what is this it's a <laughs>
0: But potentially, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, a lot of creative people out there in the world, um, doing really good things, uh, and, and Bill Sienkiewicz, and I'm sure, what's it called? A- Anime Bebop? I'm sure that, is that? Uh, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop, I'm sure, um, uh, you know, very similar, uh, in that regards. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think this was a very solid two, to issue. Uh, let, let's get to ratings then. Yeah, um, final thoughts with the ratings. So, um, Daniel, I'll, I'll give you first uh, first go at it, if you like. What would you give this? The Ark, which is both twenty nine and thirty as a whole, uh, Morning Star and Moonwraith, three sixes and the Beast.
1: I would give it five out of five conches.
0: Wow. Okay, five out of five. Well, that's a ten out. That's a. You're talking about the big fuck off moon, then? Is that full marks? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. (laughs) Wow. I love it. Um, So we've got another big one there. I'm just punching that in the sheet so I won't forget. Wow. Why full marks? Um, I mean, no reason why not to, but why? Just, uh, again, it's one of those stories. It it
1: encapsulates what's best about both Moon Knight and the Werewolf by Night. Mm -hmm. You know, they find a way to work together, even though it's something completely impossible. But you know, you, you got to have the big fuck off moon because it's the
0: werewolf by night, man. I <laughs> <laughs> that's have true. A
1: werewolf the big fuck off moon.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, fair enough. I feel slightly um, inadequate now. I was going to give. I was going to give it a um, in the vanilla rating uh, what is it? Uh, a waning gibbous. So I'm looking more at like a seven out of 10. I thought, I thought it was very decent, a very solid, uh, arc. Um, I can't say that, you know, I, I can fault anything major. I didn't have any major quibbles or anything like that. Um, it's just, I don't know, solid, but you know, I'm just comparing it with other runs that I could think of, uh, other, other, um, titles. Uh, so it has to kind of lie in context with them. Uh, Look, the art for me for this was the was winner, Um, and the art and colouring, especially those gorgeous splash pages. Um, You know, maybe it's because I'm not that... Maybe it's, it's just personal taste. I'm not that interested in, in the occult, like the, the satanic cults and stuff, but I do love Werewolf uh, by night, and I like how he was tied into it. Like, they were chasing him for months, he says. Um and I like the use of the network of of uh, Moon Knight, so all the characters, all the support characters, even Samuels and Neta get a mention. Like Mark says, get them out of the mansion. You know when the cultists were coming. So so everyone gets a mention, which is cool. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's really nice. It's a really well written thing by mensch of course um, but I guess it's just personal taste you know I, I can't give it a ten out of ten it's um it's something I would read over and over again for sure uh, i've got I've got various copies of it I've got in digital or in printed form um, but yeah I, I think I, I I'm just playing it safe a seven seven out of ten there um, for me so, uh, anyway, Daniel, oh, so loony listeners, that's, that's the arc 29 to 30. Uh, as mentioned, go check it out if you can. Uh, it's all available, mainly easily accessible on Marvel Unlimited. Um, but you can find yourself floppies, I'm sure, uh, accessibility wise, Comixology can give you, uh, can give you them as well. Um, why don't we take a quick break, Daniel? And we'll come, when we come right back, we'll just go through, uh, just a, a small bit of feedback, uh, before we wrap up the show. Catch you soon. After the murder of his acrobat parents, young Dick Grayson would go on to become Robin the Boy Wonder, the first partner of Batman. Years later, he would strike out on his own as leader of the Teen Titans and then as a solo hero of his own, who the world would come to know as Nightwing. Are you a fan of Dick Grayson and as many incarnations as Robin and Nightwing and even the Batman himself? Well, then please come join me and my co-host Kristen every week on the Caves and Lunatics podcast as we go through the history of one of the greatest heroes of all time.
1: You think you know Dick Grayson? and you don't know Dick.
0: Yes, Welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 223, and we have just reviewed uh, an arc, an Over the Moon arc, uh, Moon Knight, volume 129 to 30. Uh, very, very fun re- run indeed. Now, Daniel, we've just got a, a little bit of feedback here uh, from our YouTube listeners uh, and watchers. There's really not much to watch there, um, unless, of course, you have <laughs> Patreon page. Uh, but i'm very happy that we do have listeners there uh so anyway uh this was for episode 219 which was our chat with jed mckay Uh, and again a big thanks to cmk7 people people book aka chris he writes in and he says terrific interview guys i wasn't expecting this to drop today but what a treat i'm loving everything i'm hearing from jed and can't wait to see what he has in store for us In this new series. So excited to get my hands on that first issue, but I'm just as excited to hear my high priest's analysis for this new series. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, Daniel, you and I, we've already kind of peppered our episodes with a little bit of talk on issue one. Um, Needless to say, I think, Chris, you would have enjoyed it as much as we did.
1: I I think we should just start calling it what it is, the fantastic issue one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, would you give that a ten out of ten, Daniel? I gave it a nine. You know, I
1: think I'm going to play it played, say, nine out of ten. a
0: oh, good. I gave it nine and a half. So there you go. <laughs> there's a, there's a, um, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely up there.
1: It um it definitely had the same kind of uh, feel to me as like uh, the first issue of the bottom, mm-hmm. but it also had that uh that nice build up in it with like that nice like it's almost simplistic sequential art where like you didn't have a lot of effects to it. Mm-hmm. It was very nice and simple. Just the artwork spoke for itself mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like the uh, now run from the first issue from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, you, you know, it was very good. I mean, uh, little default with it uh, really did enjoy it. So I hope you, hope you did too, Chris. Uh, and keen to hear your thoughts as well on, on issue one, the fantastic issue one, as Daniel has labeled it. Um a big thank you once again Daniel I think uh that pretty much wraps it we've just got a bit of spectacle as well and uh is there anything you'd like to uh to plug or shout out
1: man um yeah, it's been it's been a while but I'm uh, up for issue 6 of the fringe night you know way the world's been going it's been a little little difficult to try and you know kind of go it my own so I am turning To all my loyal uh, readers and all my fans out there, and standing there with a little worn top hat, saying, "Hey, (laughs) can I please have something?" I need to pay my artists and letterers.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, as as mentioned as well in the previous episode, let's let's not have Daniel go down that route as well. Um, uh, go check out his GoFundMe page for Fringe for Fringe Night issue six. Uh, it's, it's looking great. His, his series is great, Daniel. It, it comes up in leaps and bounds as the issues goes along. As the issues go along, uh, I'm loving it. Um, but definitely check it out. The links in the show notes there for you, as well as uh, we, we always have a link to Fringe Night uh, the Patreon page as well so definitely uh, look at supporting Daniel Uh, you know your indie creators uh, they've they've got heaps of ideas and there's no better way to to kind of branch out beyond the big two Um, check out what else is out there it's just as fascinating so a big thanks for for you again Daniel (laughs) Daniel's just posing there for the videos for those that can see Um, next phase We've got another couple of episodes coming up. It will be a waning crescent. So apart from an idle chat, which will, I think, be based on... We're going to be looking and diving deep into the character of Frenchie and how he's been portrayed, um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, That will be very interesting. But the uh, second episode, 225, will be a LunaPic Classic Run review. It will be Moon Knight Volume 1, Issue 19, so just a good ten issues before what we just reviewed, Daniel. Uh, Assault on Island Strange, and we'll have Justin the Owl <laughs> Osgood back uh, to to do oh, that. It should oh. be fun. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Justin's a lot of fun. Can't wait for that as well. He's got I'm sure a lot to say. He loves his classic Moon Knight, so I'm sure Justin would have had a lot to say about uh, these issues as well, Daniel. But um. Can't wait for that. Uh, look forward to that in the coming week. Now, as mentioned, Patreon page, if you go to patreon.com slash ITK Moon you can check out our bonus incentives as well. So while you're there looking at the Fringe Night Patreon page, uh, check out the ITK, Patreon, <laughs> ITK Moon Knight Patreon page. Uh, check out the tiers and the bonuses. Uh, really trying to make it uh, worth your while, but also just appreciate your support. Uh Hello headphones. If you use the code ITK ITKMoonKnight, you'll get 10% off their online store. And Dreamland Comics, if you use the code Moon, you'll get 20% off their online store. Uh, we're also affiliate members with Entertainment Earth for all your action figure needs. Uh, Daniel has shown us his vast, amazing collection. Um, random Doom figure. Uh, was it Doom? Uh, the, the game, game Doom, uh, figure amongst the Moon Knights yeah. there. And Doom a Slayer. Doom, sorry, Doom Slayer, is it? Yep, yep, and uh, and a knocked out uh, Snake Eyes there, which I think was... I think Moon Knight had a, a hand in that. Um, but check out Entertainment Earth. Uh, any any uh, purchases through our link will help the show as well. Uh, and also, we are part of the collective, a band of like-minded podcasters, all doing great stuff, all character-based, comic-related, geek culture-related. Go check them out. I'm going to give a big shout-out this episode to DCAU. It's a DC... Animated Universe podcast hosted by Alan and Rebecca. All of you will know Rebecca. Hi, Prisikonshu. And also Happiness in Darkness, the superhero movie uh, podcast hosted by DJ Nick. Really good stuff there. Um, great stuff. I recently had a little stint there. I talked about aliens, which um, I absolutely love. Daniel, are you an alien slash predator fan?
1: I am um, I'm a bit of an aficionado. Um they there's been a big resurgence with the figures here in the states. I don't know mm. if you've gotten them down, down there yet. Yeah, they've recently uh, really started putting out like Xenomorph figures and Predator mm. figures.
0: Yeah, I I think the specialist shops over here um still yeah, um pretty much have them as well. Uh but they're still I mean I mean outside of outside of those that really love their geek stuff. Yeah, we don't get much exposure for for um, those figures, like the NECA figures and stuff. But I love them. Um, I've been talking to a big shout out to Brian Biggie from Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast. He gave away <laughs> <laughs> he gave away all his aliens and predator figures back in the nineties or something. I know. So he's trying to reclaim them, re not reclaim them, recollect them. Um, but wish you well, Brian. I must wish you well. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? He must reestablish his power base. Exactly, he must you recharge. Um. <laughs> uh, also, as well, finally, you can contact us: email at itkmoonot at gmail dot com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal uh and on Podchaser too. And incidentally Apple Podcasts and Podchaser, if you can leave a review, that will be really cool because uh we'll be able to get out there more. Um hopefully we'll see more uh members as the T V show and or this comic book series gains traction. But um just loving our community so far, Daniel and, and the likes of yourself uh just make it a really a really cool community so I'm I'm very proud of that.
1: <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just a simple nerd making his way through the comic verse.
0: Uh, that is the mantra for all of us. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, anyway, um, a big thank you once again, Daniel. And as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later.